0: Headline Hollywood, entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, a podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey, and my name is Jeff. You know, Jeff, I was thinking that uh, maybe we should, because we we we're we're kind of moving on past the uh, award history part, and we should just—I should maybe just curtail that uh, intro to just be like rewriting Hollywood Hollywood history. It just doesn't ring
1: as. Hey, man, you're the you're the OCD announcer that has to say the same thing every week. That's up to you.
0: It's a you know, it's a thing. (laughs) It's a thing.
1: We uh we have a, a a really special night
0: tonight, Jeff. Are you telling me we have a guest today? We have, we have an incredible guest on, on tonight. Uh, he's a very funny gentleman. He's an improv instructor, a performer, uh, an improv performer with uh, the Held Together Improv Group. You've also may have seen him as a background performer on the 90s sitcom, Sister, Sister, amongst other 90s sitcoms. Please, Switches, welcome Richard Martinez. Hello.
2: Hey, Richard, how's it going? Yeah, how's it going, man? Hey, Jeff. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we are excited to have you. Uh, you uh,
0: Switches out there who are not, not familiar with Richard, you can uh, look him up uh, with Held Together and see a bunch of his stand-up comedy and uh, improv sketch comedy work, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, I'm an instructor and performer with Held Together, uh, Improv for Life, uh, here in Long Beach, uh, California. And uh, yeah, we do... We primarily do improv, but in the last year, we've kind of branched out into stand-up comedy, and we've done sketch comedy uh, also for several years. And I try to do all of it. I do as much as I can because why not?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, especially <laughs> during uh, you know, quarantine times. You try to
2: yeah, try to
0: stay stay busy, right? <clears throat> um. What what got you into into improv?
2: Um. I was. I've always been in love with theater. Mm-hmm. Uh. Just being on stage is my favorite thing in the world. Um, and I did that for several years. And, and then I got into a relationship. And um, I was in a relationship. And that first year, I was in like three shows back to back. And that's just, that was just rough on the relationship because he was like, where are you? We're like, I never see you. I was like, well, I'm doing the thing I love. Right? I like, what about me? I'm like, well, I love you too. But this I've loved since I was a kid. Um, So after that first year, I sort of compromised. and was like, okay, I will give time to this relationship. I still need to focus on what I love doing, so let me take this improv class. It'll get me on stage. It'll get that out of me. Uh, It'll be once a week. No big deal. Um, I did it, fell in love with it, uh, took multiple classes a week, got invited into uh, performing with the the troupe, involved with the school, Um, (laughs) did sketch comedy shows, which are basically are basically production, like, you know, a, a live play with like tech weeks and stuff. And uh, really, yeah. And then got yeah. invited to teach. So the one night a week thing became, I'm doing this almost every night and uh, yeah. the relationship ended, but the improv is still here. <laughs> so
1: there goes the relationship. And now you're in improv.
0: I mean, you, you, you truly found out what you really loved.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <know?
1: laughs>
0: Yes. And, and, and that was uh, self-expression.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, I mean, yeah. And that's what, that's what I love the most about improv is because it is self-expression. Like you're the one bringing the, the scene to life, you know, uh, versus like scripted theater, which I also love. And that will always be probably my first love, but right. you're, you're bringing to life somebody else's words and it's cool knowing, Oh, I'm doing something that I've, that I'm contributing. Me and my scene partners are building this world together and,
0: certainly yeah Yeah. and I mean it's it's sort of like the truest expression of acting too right because you you truly have to like listen and react to what is happening in the
2: moment because you don't know what how it's going to shift without doing that right yeah exactly you know and and then and then honestly it's made me a better actor because I've done a couple of plays after um you know I've been doing improv for about eight years um and in the last two years I've done a couple of uh, scripted plays that, uh, really, I, I, I connected to the scenes happening in ways that I hadn't before in in scripted theater. And that was really, really cool.
0: But you, you've been, you've been acting since you were a child, Jim.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, my first acting was just putting on talent shows on my grandma's front porch at like <laughs> seven years old, you
0: know? I think uh, we all started doing that. Like that's, yeah. that's a, every child, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they have a a seed of performance in them, yeah, they were putting on shows on a porch in a family's uh, house, yeah,
2: yeah. I um, eventually got into like the actual f- field, entertainment field. Um, I sometime in high school, early high school, I got involved with um, being an extra on a lot of TV and movies or I prefer um, atmosphere actor as we were called. gives us an (laughs) area of sophistication. I I liked background artist when I did it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Background artist, artist, Mm -hmm. atmosphere artist.
0: It's not as easy as people think. No,
2: No, it's hard. It's long days. It's a lot of waiting around. It's a lot of having to remember exactly what you did uh, Mm -hmm. for each take. And yeah, it's not, not easy. Um, But, (laughs) And you know, I, I, did, I did it. I did it pretty much throughout high school. I, I, I yeah. started, I think, in, in eighth grade, and then I ended my senior year because I just wanted to focus on actually graduating because that was maybe a concern. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Only slightly. Just a slightly, slightly, yeah. just a slight concern. Depends um, on yeah. if,
0: you, if you were starting to get those like uh, one line bumps and like you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I did get a couple of those, which were great, but but not enough to make, to keep it going. I was mainly I showed up a lot on like. All like the TGIF sitcoms, you know, like I was on like episodes of Full House or Hell yeah, or Family Sister Matters or Family Matters. Uh, oh, was I Family Matters? No, I was not on Family Matters. Oh, oh um, man. Oh. I know. Yeah, I got excited. Like, yeah, yeah, wait, no. Step I by was. step? Ah, uh, no. Don't tell me I didn't see you on Dinosaurs. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I was the meteor at the end of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You would have you got a pretty good bump on that one because they yeah. would have put you in like makeup. You would have yes. shown up uh, early. Were you yeah. like. Not the mama. <laughs> <laughs> I did do. I I was on an episode of um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh yes. Where I, I did. Fun. I was a Klingon. I was. But it wasn't. An, it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. It, there was no acting involved. I was. I was cast as the photograph image of uh, Worf, the. The big Klingon on that show uh, has his son, uh, so he like he's unpacked. He's like, I guess he just like moved on to like whatever ship is on Deep Space Nine and Deep, uh, Deep Space Nine, and he like takes out a picture of him and his son, and it's and it's me, um, and then later they brought on the son as a character, and like they didn't call me at all, oh, <laughs> which is fine. Is
0: it like uh, you you are you were Worf's son in the Star Trek like lore?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: but then but then they recast
1: you,
2: but then they recast me.
1: Yeah. Oh, he was switched, Wait. Jeff. Did you did you speak Klingon?
2: I did not. No. There, was, there's the problem.
1: Didn't speak yeah, Klingon.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I was called in for that picture. It, it was like two and a half hours of makeup for the for the Klingon thing. Oh, shit, um, the actor so much. who played Worf. Yeah, it was a long, it was a long time. The actor who played Worf also had to come in for that. He was not happy because he he only came in that day for that picture. And that was all. So he didn't do any acting that day. So I think he was not super thrilled to be having to take this picture. Um, ah, and have the glue all prosthetics and stuff on his face. Yeah. 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 So we didn't have like the warm father son moment I was hoping for. <laughs> uh, acting. <laughs> yeah. It was like he came in and like, let's take a picture. Cool. Done. Goodbye. Um, but there all was the some shit of off my face. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then it took, you know, it like it was about actually, I think it was three hours to put the makeup on. And it was about two hours to take it off. Um, and I regret that I didn't ask to keep it, like to keep the mold because yeah. uh, they just threw it away. And I, I probably wouldn't have kept it for very long, but I probably would have taken many should more. You should
1: have gone freaking walking around with that shit on, just been like, hey, leave it on. I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I, I would have worn it to school the next day. Right? Yeah, me
2: too, I've been like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jerry, see, I'm a Klingon.
0: I'm a Klingon, yeah. Don't pick and- on me anymore.
2: Yeah, and I didn't really know the show. I, I'm not, I don't really know Star Trek too much. I uh, I I don't either. I'm not a. I'm not
1: into Star Star Trek. I'm into Star Wars a lot. Star Trek, yeah. I never really watched.
2: Yeah, but usually when I tell people, they're like, "Oh, that's cool." So like that's my like that's my claim to fame. Like that. I was on Boy Meets World a lot. Uh, that was cool. I did an episode of the show. What was it called? Uh, the The Lawrence Brothers. Uh, Joey Lawrence and Matthew Lawrence and. Was it uh,
1: was it Blossom or was it?
2: No, it was after uh, Brotherly Love uh, was the show.
0: Uh, all three of the brothers were on that. All one, three of right? the brothers. Yeah, and, I remember that show.
2: You know, I, I was fifteen, sixteen at the time, and I, you know, I was I was a little, little closeted gay boy with a huge crush on Joey Lawrence, and like got to be Whoa. on. The, I was like, oh, hello, hi. Uh, How, J- Joey Lawrence, though, he like as as a
0: uh, non non closeted hetero boy, like he 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 was. Um, he was like he just captivated uh, a thing whether you, whether you were like physically attracted to him or, or not like there was something about him as an idol yeah i think that um really captured a, like a generation especially coming off of blossom where like he <laughs> was like this
1: iconic yeah like hot guy from from that era that like there was a lot of era. there was a lot of 90s guys at that time That a lot of kids had that bro crush on so there was mm-hmm. like the zach Morris's. there was yeah. jonathan brandis there was
2: uh joey lawrence they all kind of had the same look i was on an episode i'm just gonna drop a bunch of names that's that's good yeah. my- no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've um, got was, a big broom we'll sweep them all up yeah we'll yeah, pick them all up when you know it. <laughs> um, i was on an episode of um saved by the bell the college years oh, uh the,
1: the best of the series yeah, yeah
2: it really yeah. was uh, it was the first season, and it was an it was like their special Thanksgiving episode where they brought in a bunch of guest stars. Um, and so the the premise of the episode was was you know they were bringing in like some homeless youth to have dinner at the college or whatever. And I was one of the homeless youth. And uh, it, it it so you know again little closet boy uh, Mark Paul Gosler uh, Mario Lopez Jonathan Brandis who you just mentioned was also was a special guest on that episode, and he was one of the coolest people that I had a chance to interact with in my, in in that career of, of being uh, a background artist. Um, (laughs) He invited the extras like up to his dressing room. And uh, one of the other actors or guest actors on the show was, uh, was six from blossom, uh, Jenna Von Hoy. And we were just like hanging out in the dressing room and just like talking about like the field and just like, just cool things. And I remember thinking like, Oh, this is a cool guy. This is a cool guy. Um, and it, it was just a couple of years later that, that when he, when he died by suicide and I was very just heartbroken. Cause I remember thinking like that, he was just so nice. He was so nice, you know, and kind. And yeah.
0: I was just saying, I was equally as heartbroken when I, when I found out that, that he had taken his own life. Like it was, it, it was just like, no, no, don't take the good ones. Like, yeah. you know, um, and you know everybody you know has their their hidden struggles and stuff but i'm i'm glad to hear that like my suspicions of him being a genuine person are are confirmed that he was just like super nice to the background people
2: yeah yeah cuz you know you go on you you know i would i would i was going on jobs probably about once a week maybe once every two weeks um so i did a lot of stuff a lot of shows and you just got a variety of 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 different people some were some were really cool some were not um and, you know, when the, the ones that were cool really stood out, you know? Yeah, I bet. And, and that's something that, uh, yeah. I remember I was on an episode of uh, The Nanny and I was backstage and there was like a script like just hanging out backstage. So I just, I would like picked it up and it was just like flipping through it, waiting for my, my cue. And it turned out to be like Fran Drescher's script and she came up behind oh. me and she was like, oh, I need that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh no, I'll get you a script. Like I'll autograph it for you. And that, that you know, and I was like, oh, that's dope. cool, thank you. And like, she didn't have to. And she, you know, she's, she's busy working right now. And she took the time to like, go do that, which was, yeah, I really appreciated those moments, especially as a kid, yeah. you know, like they, they, they didn't, no one has to be kind. No one has to be, and it's cool. Right. And,
1: you know, right now, Mark Paul Gossler is kind of having a renaissance. Uh,
2: did you ever have any interaction with him? Mark Paul Gossler, he was one. Uh, I didn't get to talk to him very much like during Save by the Bell, but he was um, – I tried to get like everybody's autograph uh, as much as I could. I had a little, had a little autograph book, and it, it was like the end of the day, and it was around Halloween, and I went – to his like we were leaving my mom was like we, we me and my mom were leaving and we saw him in the dressing room i was like oh let me like just go real quick and like ask and he was i believe getting ready for like a halloween party in like halfway like drag get up i don't know what he was going as <laughs> yes <laughs> he had like full like That's makeup awesome. on no wig yet but i remember thinking like oh this is cool like and i wanted to like because i was taking pictures uh, pictures with people too and i wanted to like get that picture but i knew the answer would probably be no not without Uh, my wig not without yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Uh.
0: well can can you imagine like um if you know the bulk of your teenage years were were like done for you on a on a television show broadcast for everybody to see and you were were so like detached from it because you know everybody has insecurities even if you're playing you know Mr. Confidence, you know Zach Morris, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure that he sees every flaw, and so now when he's like, you know, he's going back and looking at it at 40 or or whatever, he's just like, man, I was a dumb teenager, you know, yeah. and and a lot of those things probably cycle through that.
1: Those, well, uh, the funniest thing is hearing shows. He, hearing Mark Paul Gosler still bitch about his rivalry with uh, Mario Lopez. <laughs> that is what's hilarious. <laughs> I mean they're bearing a hatchet to do
0: this show in <laughs> some way, right? Like Yeah, right? The 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 reboot of uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I've avoided
2: only? watching the trailer for that because I I just don't know what it's going to be. The whole cast is in on it now, with the exception I think of Dustin Diamond. It's going to be fun. I think it's
0: going to be fun, guys. I I don't I don't know. There's something about it that feels very much like everybody gets the the joke. You know, like the Cobra Kai on, on Netflix, right? Like everybody well, yeah, kind of because... gets the joke, and they're they're sort of in allowing themselves to sort of indulge in that. You know,
1: well, it's being written by a super fan, so you know, just like the Cobra that Cobra Kai was written by super fans, right? And that happens, you know. I mean, yeah. that your your entire childhood, Richard, on those sets is, is sort of like
0: super fan moment too, right?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, because you know, I one of the shows I did was Mad About You, um, which. Was a favorite, you know, I was like 14, but that was like one of my favorite shows. Yes. Um, As a kid, I remember
0: watching this show and not understanding a thing, but like, this is my favorite show. Mad yeah, right About is my You. Show. Yeah, I love yeah. Paul
2: Reiser. He's my idol. Like, yeah. you're seven. What are you doing? No. I feel like I should go back and watch it now and see like hmm. what, I was, what I was actually watching. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: I feel like absolutely. I missed the boat on this show. Really? I, I don't think I've ever watched this oh. show. I, was, I, am really-
0: I am a Helen Hunt fan to this day because of Mad About You.
1: Helen Hunt, Twister,
2: love it. I didn't even Helen Hunt. I do
1: not. I I wouldn't. I would have never gone to see Twister if it wasn't
0: for Mad About You.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was. uh, I I, on that show. I was an. I was an extra in a scene where uh, Lisa Mm -hmm. Kudrow was background artist, atmosphere artist, background artist, atmosphere uh, actor. Um, Lisa Kudrow was on that show, and this is before Friends. So she was. She was playing what would end up being Phoebe's twin sister, Ursula. Okay, uh, so you guys tell me about right, that, yeah. though. The universe is crossed. That's true. Because they link
0: those. Yeah.
1: I'm a huge, huge Friends fan, and I didn't even know those; those were the same universe.
0: See, because you weren't you weren't into
2: Mad About You when you were yeah, saying. I never
1: watched it once. <laughs> yeah, you I didn't in, know
2: that. If you wanted to follow the hijinks of a '30s married couple, then you you would know these things. Hey, I watched yeah, China Beach
1: and Thirty Something. Okay, I watched all those shows, but I didn't yeah. watch the Mad About You. you I was more into the to the, yeah. or the dramas with my mom. Didn't want to miss his stories and he had to go to bed early. So (laughs) I watched
2: sisters, right? Oh, sisters. I I watched sisters. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think, uh, yeah, I think I don't know the exact story of it, but I, I, I know Lisa Kudrow had auditioned for a role on Frasier, didn't get it. And then was cast in this recurring role on, on mad about you. And then, and then was cast on friends. And then they had like one, like a crossover night event where like, New York city, like blacked out or something. And the characters, mm-hmm, that's in the first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the characters from mad about you came to like central perk or something and saw, it's... saw Phoebe and were like, Oh, that's Ursula. And, and Ursula and Phoebe were very similar in terms of sort of that, like airheaded
1: dumb. Holy blonde. shit. That's hilarious. I never understood why Helen Hunt came to central <laughs> perk in that episode. And they look at Phoebe and go, they order from Phoebe and Phoebe has no idea what they're talking about. And they go, Oh, she's the same as sh- she's the same. Yeah. as." Yeah. Okay. I never, I never yeah. understood that. So you,
0: you would tune in after mad about you. And I think at the time they were like back to back, right? Like it was like mad about you led into friends and that's where the like crossover happened. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: It was musty TV Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't oh, start yeah. watching Seinfeld friends until like, yeah. until like 97, which is like their season three. So Um, I wouldn't have watched that until I started watching the reruns like, or like the watched on DVD or whatever.
2: Right. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, and Lisa Kudrow is one of my favorite, if, if not one of maybe even my favorite actors. Um, And so when I go back and watch that episode and I get to see that I'm on screen with her, like, that's just like, we had no interaction whatsoever, but it's like, there I am. I'm I'm acting with Lisa Kudrow.
1: What about Lisa Kudrow? Is so uh, appealing to you?
2: Um, so I loved her on Friends, right? But there it, it wasn't, you know, there's yeah. there's there's not a lot there for her to do. Um, she Which gets is why she
1: actually fought them for like three seasons. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I first saw her as an actor in the movie uh, The Opposite of Sex with um, Christina Ricci. Um, mm. It was a, a small indie film that came out in 99. No, I didn't, I uh, didn't know she was in that movie either. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it was like all these things I didn't know she did. Yeah. And she, she plays this sort of like spinster um, like, you know, the, the movie was about like a, 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 a the, the sister of like a gay couple who, who she steals their money or something. And, and she was the best friend of like one of the, the men in, in, in the, in the couple and she like pined for him. It was that, that type, you know, very 90s straight woman loves the gay man trope. Um, and, but she was just the bitterness that was there in that character was not like Phoebe at all. And I, and I was really impressed by it. Um, and then I saw like Romy and Michelle's, and I thought that her, kind of, I don't remember who she is, whether she's Romy or Michelle. Uh, uh, she is Michelle. Um Ro- oh, I thought she was Romy. Yeah. See, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I feel. Thought,
0: I feel like uh, I can hear Mira Sovino saying, "I don't know if she's Romy, the Rhoda or if she's the Mary. She's it the doesn't matter. She's it, either the Mary or the Rhoda. You know, <laughs> yeah. It, it, see, they're, they're together. There's no yeah. separating the two yeah. names. It's, it's just Romeo. Romy and Michelle. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, but <laughs> Sam yeah, and Eric, you know.
2: But even in yeah, that, Sam she, and Eric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was, you know, she was like the dumb blonde again. But like, but I could see the differences between that character and 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 um, yeah, e. B. Um and then when she played Ursula and Phoebe which were very similar characters you could see the difference but for me what sold me ultimately for her was her show on HBO uh the comeback uh the which comeback, is yeah. just my favorite show and and she the work she does in that show it, it is phenomenal like you just see you see so much happening in her eyes and yeah it's just it's amazing
0: she she's one of my favorite types of actors too where it like she gets put on, onto a, um, into a project and a sort of early part of her her career, you know, um, mm-hmm. like hit something really big, you know, she was, uh, you know, trying, trying to find a role, trying to find a role to get like a guest spot on a sitcom, then lands Friends, right? Friends yeah. becomes a phenomenon. They get paid the most that they, that anybody's ever been paid per episode in anything. And then she's set, right? She can then use that as a, a sort of, you know, a power in in her career to take roles that she wants to take, and not try to like, you know, continually go after you know things just to sort of stay stay working. You know, yeah. um, I love those types of actors. My like uh, uh, Lisa Kudrow is, is like that because they choose really interesting projects. They they end up doing really um, sort of unique work. Uh, In indie films and in, you know, like they they help green light certain projects that would normally not not be greenlit, you know, because they have that sort of uh, power added to them because they can become an executive producer and like, you know, everybody wants to get on board with the people that were on Friends, you know, Um, another actor like that right now is um, is like Daniel Radcliffe. He's he's like. He he made a shit ton of money doing Harry Potter, and he does not have to act or do anything for the rest of his life. Yeah, but he only does
1: like weird fucking yeah. indie films. Like. and I
0: fucking love it because it's yeah. he's so great. Yeah, you know, like he's taken it and just been like, I want to do a weird, weird like indie movie about uh, where I'm like. I want to do horns. Dead. I
1: yeah, want to do like, uh,
0: the the fucking um,
1: the movie with with guns on his hands. <laughs> it's literally called Guns like, Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. Yeah. That like, movie's fucking great, by the way. That
0: movie is it, like in concept? You think like, oh, this is probably not gonna be like super deep or whatever. But actually, like, there's a charm to that movie that blows you away, you know. And it helps, you know. So, uh, what is it, Samara? Weave nice pun. It <laughs> blows you away, yeah. No, but like, like there's like there's there's something that's interesting to it, you know. And it's because he can choose stuff based off of like. You know, oh, like nobody would ever really make this movie unless it was dumbed down into something that was more like B level. But because he can, he he has the sort of flexibility to like bring that weight to it, um, not just as an actor, but like as a like uh, financial presence. You know, um, it steps it up a game and it makes it even more interesting. It's Swiss Army Man and yeah, Horns and um, th- those type of movies. Lisa Kudrow to me is is exactly that same kind of actor, and I, so I love to see them when they choose a, a role in, in something, I'm all, my ears are always perked. Like, I'm going to go see that particular movie because yeah. they're involved, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah for sure. Now, I, I usually wouldn't think of Lisa Kudrow in that same light just because I don't know a lot of the projects that she's done. But then again, like, my favorite actors are, you know, Johnny Lee Miller, and, which he doesn't do that much. Sure. <laughs> I mean, most of the things he's been in is like train spotting and a couple of, and like, elementary You know and hackers there's a couple of movies that he's been in where he's got a great part and then like um jeff goldblum but jeff goldblum is like in very little but i love his acting so i can understand where lisa kudrow you like because even though she's not in a ton of stuff you like the stuff she's in
0: yeah and it's it's not even an issue of like like um like i'm i'm a fan because then eventually the, the stuff that they put out is is really high quality you know, um, so that, that just adds to it. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that. I like that type of actor who has the financial freedom that they don't have to care. They don't have to play the game. They don't have to, to, to do anything but what they want to do, and I think that's when the art is better.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, when it's, it's their choice. They're not, they're not doing it for a paycheck. They're doing it because it's their passion, and, they, and, and they, there's, for whatever reason, something speaks to them, and as an audience member as a fan of theirs I want to know what speaks to them you know and right. it's not always cool like there are some things I'll watch and I'll be like oh, okay that was whatever but sure uh, but that's true of anything and anybody um, yeah
1: but I, for I, you like you would go see if Lisa Kudrow's in a film you're gonna go see that m- movie because she's in that movie yeah
2: yes I'm more likely okay. to see it
1: that's how I am with like Johnny Lee Miller I don't know why but if I see and know there's a movie with him in it I'm gonna go see that movie
2: yeah yeah there were, uh, she's the reason I watched, um, analyze this with. Um, Robert <laughs> I was going to mention that, but I was like, eh, I don't want to mention yeah. that. And it's not my favorite. Like that, that, that to me almost she's feels Phoebe. like one of those paycheck She's Phoebe movies. in that
0: whole movie. Yeah. I much prefer analyze yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sequel. <laughs> Stupid sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like the, yeah, the, um, that sort of creative ind- independence from an actor standpoint, <clears throat> um, to me feels more like, um, you know, getting getting to to the roots of even like uh like like on a community theater level, right? Like those people are there because they absolutely love to act. Yes, you know, they're they're there because you you know somebody put an audition notice up for a a story that they were like, oh, I you know I really I've I heard about this and I really really am interested in this story and like being a part of this. You know, it's the only reason I ever went out for anything in a in a community theater because I was like fuck yeah, I want to be, I just want to be a part of that. Like, even if I'm two lines or if I'm running lights or if I'm, you know, yeah. whatever, like, I want to be a part of telling that, that story, um, you know, uh, that passion uh, at that level, I think is, I think what draws me to actors like that that are financially independent enough because they hit big on something early in their career uh, and they didn't waste it. Right, they like they didn't like just fucking squander away all of their all of their kid money or their their young adult money on just drugs and boats and stuff. Although, and <clears throat> you know, they they can be real selective about the work that they're you're,
1: doing. You're talking about the people who are financially financially uh, independent to be able to pursue these projects. I mean, they're getting paid like you know, like anywhere from like. 1 to 10 million dollars a project, you know, before they become financially independent. So really, you know, some of these actors, I don't really feel bad for them if they're not financially stable oh, no. yet. I
0: mean, <laughs> look, a, a lot of people may make the mistake of of going too hard too fast, you know.
2: Yes.
1: Um yeah. because if, I'm saying if they're not financially stable, a lot of times it's their own spending problem, you know what I mean? I mean,
0: it helped it helps that they, you know, I'm sure Lisa Kudrow had people, you know, in her camp that were just like, "Hey, be responsible you know yeah. or maybe maybe she just is
2: well she's very, she's a very smart person i you know yes. like i've read a lot of uh, uh or i've seen a lot of interviews with her and i'm just always amazed by her intent or not even amazed that sounds condescending but inspired by her intelligence and
1: mm-hmm. she's she's the reason why friends started to why they changed the contracts and made them have to get the exact same amount of lines for per same. episode yeah. because she wasn't getting the same amount of lines her and joey or yeah. her and um Matt What's his name? Mm-hmm. Matt LeBlanc weren't mm-hmm. getting the same amount of lines as everybody else. So they changed the contract so that they all got the same amount of lines. And then they figured since they're all doing the same amount of lines, they would all get the same amount of pay. Yeah. And then they all got the same amount of pay every single uh, year. That's how they ended up getting a million dollars an episode at the end of their yeah. season. ten. And or that was
0: even D- David Schwimmer, right? Like that, that really um, helped push that around, around the, the corner there to yeah. really get everybody paid the same.
1: You know, what I've never understood is how was David Schwimmer the first one cast in that TV show?
0: Yeah, I, I, they were they were looking for a, a type, you know, he he fit what they wanted the initial development of the show to be about. I'm sure um, it was going to be probably more about Ross and his friends, you know, uh, at that point. And then through the course of development, you find out that like, oh, it's an ensemble piece and oh, everybody's kind of and then as the show goes on you realize like oh everybody's equally as important and equally sort of capable of carrying you know the story i mean there was the same of um, of seinfeld too except jerry seinfeld was just like nah this is my show
1: well no it ended up being the same with big bang theory big bang theory yep. they big all big bang
0: theory very much the same yeah yeah, yeah.
1: All, will and the, grace. all the yeah
0: will and grace, and grace yeah yeah
1: could have easily been <laughs> called will and grace and jack and
2: karen
0: <laughs> yes it could have yeah yeah what what a like this, this whole thing about um, like TV being ahead of the game to on sort of like social acceptance mm. with like Will and Grace. I remember watching that as a kid um, and, you know, just finding it as like a funny uh, sitcom. And I look back at that now and thinking like how how kind of against the norm. That yes. kind of was for the '90s. Yeah, Ellen came and, and first and with ans. that, actually. right? I, I remember watching that Ellen episode and crying at the end of that episode yeah. because it was so emotionally impactful. And then my parents and I had like this three-hour-long conversation about it, and it was um, this really awesome, like, moment in in my life that I that I remember, where like I realized that there are people who live different lifestyles, and it's totally acceptable and fine, yeah. and um not something that, that should be uh, like all of the rhetoric and, and stuff that was going on at the time that sort of was pushing against it. And then she got yeah. fired and stuff. And I felt like the world is unfair. And that's sort of like I think Ellen pushed me into like my angry political yeah. <laughs> like side, you know, because yeah. it was an injustice. Right. Like, I was fuck a, you. I was for, a, I was She's super, great.
1: I grew up in a super liberal household. So I don't remember the show. Impacting me at all, I remember thinking that it was no big deal. It,
2: I right. used that episode, you know, being being the closeted gay dude that I was. Uh, I I this was ninety seven, so I think like I was sixteen, ready to come out, but not sure how I was going to be received in that coming out. And I was actually able to use Ellen's coming out as sort of a gauge to see what my family how my family responded, oh, how wow. people at school were talking. And that gave me the freedom to be able to come out because it was mostly positive that I was, that I was hearing. Um, And then, yeah, when, when, but, but even with that, you know, it was cool. It was cool to see a coming out story on TV, but I, but it, but for me, like I, I, i was wanting to see a male version of that i wanted to see representation i
1: I, I remember thinking that i couldn't understand i I couldn't believe that they were people were making such a big deal about something that was so common And i am being like why is this such a big deal on tv already like i I remember thinking like why hasn't this already been on tv (laughs)
0: like haven't shown i mean mean, billy crystal on on uh what was that show uh, soap
2: Soap. yeah yeah the closest maybe Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there had been, you know, there's Billy Crystal's character. There'd been some, some characters on like the daytime soap operas. Melrose Place had, had a gay character, My So-Called Life. Because though we saw those, 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 those background, not background characters, but, but non-important to the overall story uh, characters, um, you know, never, never the lead in a show. um, I remember just searching, searching for like, you know, looking for like the clues. Oh, this character might be gay because like they did this and or whatever. But when stuff like Ellen and and Will and Grace came out, it was sort of this cool thing of like, you know, I think what it, I think what it served was for people for 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 people like us who who grew up in more liberal households. It was like, oh, okay, cool. This is this is <clears throat> what it is, right? But it also put it into the living rooms of people who were not so liberal um, and mm. and made them have to make a choice and some didn 't watch and some protested and boycotted or whatever, but others were like, "Oh yeah will and grace it's a funny show that jack guy he's funny um, and then that goes from being oh he 's that funny guy to to you know being a point of reference when people in their lives come out, you know which was really um I remember I remember Will and Grace when it came out it was not at all advertised as a, you know gay man and his straight best friend uh, it, you know it was it, it the, the 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 advertising for it sort of led you to believe that this was about Will and Grace you know cuz well she had just yes. come off of the act off the show Ned and Stacy so mm-hmm. it's like oh okay this is her ne- the, the next you know whatever married couple and and they very wisely got rid of that in, like, the first, you know, not got rid of, but, like, acknowledged who these characters were in, like, the first scene. Uh, and, yeah, I, I the, the, it definitely was a boundary-pushing show in a lot of ways. Um, but, yeah, very, yeah, but between Ellen and Will and Grace. So it, it, that was, those were game-changers for sure. You know,
1: some shows actually still, so I always laugh at Disney Channel. They have Raven's Home, right? Yeah, Raven Simone is obviously gay, and on that show on in Raven's Home, she's living with a woman in the show, but they put it off as two women who are friends living with their two kids in an apartment. Yeah. But I always laugh at the fact that if this wasn't on Disney Channel, this would be two women living together oh, yeah. with their kids. But on Disney Channel, it's just two friends living together, and they put it in this oh, like yeah. very so, you know it's... Betty Crocker like <laughs> way. And I always laugh about that I'm like, this is so Disney to make it so like just uh sanitized for all their viewers, so nobody really knows what's going on
2: well, yeah. it's like watching like <clears throat> like watching the frozen movies like Elsa is a lesbian like yes. let's just all get on the same like she's <laughs> thinking about like the secret deep inside frozen 2, she's hearing this this secret siren called to her the whole movie and like <laughs> it was like oh i'm coming to you like maybe you'll be the one to finally show me who i am and i'm, and I'm listening to these music to these songs i'm like these are coming out anthems um ah. you know like get yeah, katie lang or melissa etheridge singing these that's you know like that's, that's what it is um and then it's like into it's the, the unknown anthems. yeah mm-hmm. yeah into the unknown is absolutely you know or or the other one at the end of the movie uh Show, your, show yourself show yourself is show yourself definitely a coming out anthem yeah Absolutely show yourself right. like like and then i remember watching <laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's all about like i'm ready to take this next step and yeah. be who i truly to,
2: am she yeah it says like i'm gonna open this door and find like um. i was like okay okay <laughs> yeah. i see you disney i see what you're doing and like and you know then they're smart they don't give her a male love interest so so you know, the, the LGBTQ plus community will be like, Oh, she's one of us, maybe. Um yeah, they gave her like, a sick water horse. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> and then there's like she has like that female friend she meets in the forest and there's like <laughs> yeah. a little bit of like, Wait, what? What's oh, fun? they're just they're room they're roommates. They're just roommates. Yeah. They're roommates <laughs> raising their two kids together. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know. <laughs> yeah but the, the significance though of like we're all relatively you know the same age like that cultural impact of of it it being there and it's and there's no running away from it right like yeah. don't don't look away because this is real yeah. you know and it's in our pop culture because it's a thing that's happening in a, in our sort of lives in the fabric of our society don't look away because it's real and it's here to stay yeah. And it's um, it's not something that should be like looked at as you know something that is a background character anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was important. I, I know for me. I mean, Jeff, you, you mentioned you you grew up in a very liberal household. I grew up in a socially liberal household. Um, you, you know where. <clears throat> the the underlying thought is that, yeah, people should be able to live however they want to live their life. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. And I, I consider it a, a sort of like a liberal household, although my parents are sort of more decidedly politically conservative, I, I would say. Um, but, but there's, there's a, a, I mean, maybe it's because we're from California, you know, that um, <laughs> yeah. socially uh, on social issues, we're, we're pretty far to the left. Um, but, you know, like I, I didn't follow necessarily the, the political right uh, side of things or like the right. fiscal right things, but like, yeah, socially to the left. And that, that stuck with me. And then obviously having Jeff as my best friend, since we were three, like I'd go over to his house and it was just like, you know, like,
1: yeah, what? my family is very liberal
0: <laughs> and they're very outspoken about it. And I love <laughs> it. Uh, but they, you know, they kept, they kept me sort of like, just keep just this side of left, you know, um, on, on everything else. But it was, it was I like, I look back on it now and, and um, those moments were important, uh, you, you know, to me for, for like, like shaping sort of the the sort of concept, uh, not the concept, but like the, um, like, acceptance in general, like, knowing that like, yeah, this is something that's real. And it's not weird. It's not scary. It's not whatever. Um, like, I almost teared up here, you know, like, talk, when you were talking about um, how like those moments became markers, for example, in your life, Mm. you know, being able to see that the, that representation of how you felt in your life and how you were dealing with, with your life explained out in, you know, 22 minute, you know, uh, comedic episodes that helped you pattern or gauge even your, your world based off of the reaction to those like that never even is like crossed my sphere. Um, And, and like I I like all of my empathy just like bursted out of me when you were when you were telling that story. Just like that's that's ama- I never even thought that like, yeah, that would be the thermometer, social thermometer for for somebody as well. Yeah,
2: you know, you know and I think that's that's I think that's why it's important to 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 talk and, and share about those things because because yeah, like I think we we all we know what we know and we experience what we experienced and and we can learn about other things, but but usually when it's through I mean, I found I've I've changed my mind about most things because I've had a conversation with somebody, you know. Yeah. Versus like reading an article about something or or hearing a politician speak about something. Um, I am I'm so jealous of the kids, particularly like the LGBTQ plus community kids today who have so like as a kid I you know if I wanted to see representation yeah it was in these sitcoms maybe um, there were some movies, like some indie movies I'd, I'd have to like drive out to LA and like, like m- not even drive it. Cause I wasn't driving, you know, I'd like take like the train to LA, like mm-hmm. tell my mom I was doing something different, uh, you know, to go see like a really bad coming out movie. Um, but at the time I'm like, well, that's me. That's, you know, um, <clears throat> but now, you know, they've got like, they've got the, they've got every like, like, you, you You'd be hard pressed to find a show that doesn't have any sort, some sort of representation, um, and and all spectrums of representation. You know, yeah. a show like like like, like, uh, like RuPaul's Drag Race, where it's it's tons of gay men and 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 some trans trans women and of all different ethnicities and 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 varying levels of of femininity. Which is as a gay man, that's that's an interesting thing that doesn't get talked about very much because. I I don't think I fall too far either way in terms of like being super femme or being super masculine. Uh, So it's, it's cool to see sort of those that all, you know, on, 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 on my screen at my disposal, whenever I, whenever I want to see it. And I, and I think of these kids today who are just, who have that at their, at their fingertips and, and, you know, even if they are in a, you know conservative household they you know netflix and and stuff are there and most households have that and you know hopefully they have access to that stuff well and and it's
0: it's a cultural phenomenon too Ru- rupaul's yeah. drag race in in particular you know i mean there's other uh other shit like pose i think is is yeah. also another one of those it's like a scripted show yeah um you know but it, it's not quite as like uh water cooler talk as rupaul's drag race yeah you oh know? yeah like you'll hear all walks of life um, it, you know, in an office setting around the water cooler kind of a thing, talking about Rupaul's drag race from from the night before. Yeah. Um, I think a, a lot of that uh, you know w- one, we've reached a a, uh, a more accepting just cultural place, I think in, in our society, but also that is a testament to um, Rupaul for being able to see the like um, the immense entertainment value of presenting, uh, you know, that, that world in, in a way that really um, you, you don't have to be uh, you know, sort of like already sort of like in the, in that community or a fan of that community, you can appreciate it for just the, you know, the sort of like uh, wonder that it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I went and not feel uncomfortable, you know?
2: Yeah. I see. And it's funny because I went into that show. I didn't watch it from the beginning. I think I started watching season Three or four, and um, and I hesitated because I'm I had never been to a drag show. Drag was not something that like necessarily was not an aspiration of mine, Um, and I sort of resented it a little bit because there was it, it wasn't too rare that somebody would mention drag to me when finding out that I was gay, and I would always think like that's weird. That's a weird connection for you to make because that's not what you know. That's not the, the the gay experience necessarily for everybody yeah, you know
0: it's it's the 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 sort of like peripheral myths that surround yeah. alternative lifestyles that they yeah. all lump lump together
2: yeah in. like if you go to a you know to like the you know the gay pride parade you're gonna see drag queens with feathers and sure. and yeah yes you will see that sure. but you're also gonna see a bunch of regular dudes and and regular women not regular that's i shouldn't say that but like uh it just just people they're just all regular like, people richard yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like let me not be problematic let me not be i don't I, I haven't even started yet let me not <laughs> uh, no
0: yeah yeah you you'll see you'll yeah you'll see people from all walks of life and then you'll see like a real beefed up dude in a jockstrap and yeah. all all walks are lo- of are accepted
2: yeah yeah uh, at Pride. And, and that's super that's super cool yeah i i remember when i first put it on a uh, 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 drag race, I, you know, I was like, okay, all right, what is this? What is this? A little, and, and honestly, like you mentioned, sort of uh, uncomfortability. I had the uncomfortability myself of like, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm intrigued. Like I'm not, I'm, I, I, I will not be a drag artist, but there are things where I see them doing, uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's, it was after RuPaul's, after I started watching RuPaul's drag race, that I started making my own Halloween costumes after after because, nice. oh, okay. Well, they craft these amazing things and, and I can craft some things too. And it's not drag stuff, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like oh, yeah. watching
1: chopped. You watch chopped a little <laughs> bit and all of a sudden you start getting in the kitchen and start cooking stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of
0: or, 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 you know, that face off and you think like, I could, I could sculpt a, a you know, a monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like RuPaul was like, no, 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 there's more to it than just like dressing up like a woman, mm-hmm. you know? Or, um, you know, there's a performance aspect of it, too. You know, there's a lifestyle aspect of it, too. There's a craft aspect to it. You know, there's a, a real kind of, like, geek side of of our, our you know, personalities that everybody has. You just are a geek in different ways. Yeah. You know, um, it, I used to always say that, like, uh, I, don't, I don't understand why, why people make fun of cosplayers but then go to a football game and paint themselves up and then wear a sports jersey like they're going to go out on the field. It's yep. the same shit. Yeah, same shit. Like, you're not Aaron Rodgers. Don't don't think that, you yeah. know, putting on his jersey isn't any different than
1: like dressing well, up as Spider Man and going to a comic. I would, I've never, first of all, done that at a football game, but I would have to push back a little bit on that because when you see it, when you go to Comic Con, you see the uh, girls fully dressed up as Poison Ivy. That's a little different than some dude that goes by and paints his face. Have you seen Raiders', Raiders fans? A little different. Yes. Yes. The one guys that I'm are dressed saying, like, like a Raider. The guy is fully dressed like a Raider. Yeah. Yes, same thing. That's what that's what I'm talking about. The guy that just paints his face. Yeah, it's a spectrum, Jeff. It's you <laughs> know, it's a spectrum. It's, 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 the guy that's geek a that's geek a, is a that's, spectrum. You know, it's a furry. What are they called? The fur, <laughs> fur furries. Yeah, they furry. they yeah, are guy, like different geeks for little mascots. Different, little different. Okay, that would be like going as a mascot to the to the. Well, see, and and even like game. with the furry community,
0: um, th- yeah, like the f- furry community. Some of them are just sort of like into it for the cosplay type of gratification. Some of them are there for sexual gratification, but it's not all, it's not all, you know, the same.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's a spectrum,
0: the spectrum. of It is a spectrum, uh, but, but it all, it all stems from that, like that thing that you like, Mm -hmm. right. That, that comic book that you like, or that movie that that you like, or that genre, or, you you know, that lifestyle that you're like, ah, it's really fun to dress like this, or it's really fun to, you know, follow a sports team. Like, it's yeah. the same shit inside all of us that drives us to that sort of fandom that eventually can lead to a sort of lifestyle shift that, you know, makes us want to continue in, in those avenues. It's all the same shit. It always yeah. made me laugh that like, okay, you, you like a sports team, so you're not just as geeky as the person who loves anime? Fuck you. Yeah. Like, get out of here.
2: Yeah. On RuPaul, uh, one of the, our Drag Race, one of the uh, sayings that RuPaul has is, uh, you know, we're all born naked and the rest is drag and that's <laughs> yeah. just true like we we just you know we what what we decide to put on out of our closet is how we are choosing to present ourselves to the world you know and even the people who like say they roll out of bed and just put on whatever like that's an act that's an active choice you are choosing to present that look to the world
0: you know you know i mean yeah like i wear graphic tees a lot you know mm-hmm. and like right now i'm wearing a star wars tee because i want to project yeah. that like i know what this is you yeah. know even if i'm not consciously doing that yeah. you know um you want that's, to be slightly what slightly, I'm doing. slightly dorky but cool dad yeah exactly <laughs> i i i want to be yeah everybody sees like if i were walking around like they see that that i'm a dad but like i'm a dad that's like showing uh, a sci-fi cool. culture to my kids. Like they right, know yeah. that like, we've seen, we've seen all, all the trilogies yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I probably am into Harry Potter. Like that, that's what
2: I, I yeah. want to project. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a t-shirt. I mean, I have a, I have a closet full of, yeah. Graphic teas as well. And, and it's all yeah. about like, well, you know, I, it, depending on where I go, it, it absolutely, I'm going to choose what, you know, whatever one might spark up conversation with someone,
0: you know? Yeah absolutely absolutely everybody taps into that you know what this this conversation got a lot like deeper than than i yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) well thank you richard for for hanging out with us tonight um really great conversation i really enjoyed reconnecting with you um a little behind the scenes action richard and i were in a play together uh like a decade ago now oh my god and it was a great play
1: fantastic did you go did you actually go see it jeff
0: I did. And, you know, early, early when, it, when I spoke about like, you know, being able to be like a spectator amongst real actors, I include you wholeheartedly. It was wow. a pleasure to be able to watch you and everybody else work while I got to pretend.
2: Yeah. No, you know. thank you. I, I, I felt the same. I was, I was telling uh, Jeff before we started recording that, yeah, I, I, it was, that was one of the easiest plays to be in because everybody was just so good that like, I didn't have to work because mm. it was just smooth, you know?
0: yeah it it was it was probably yeah it it was it was a really easy easy acting experience yeah the the, the stuff that we were doing was emotionally charged and and like the, the the you know the um the project itself was very sort of poignant and like exploring um some some really you know interesting themes about like our own identities and, and, and whatnot. Well, not our own identity. We were sort of peripheral characters, but like yeah, the yeah. main character's identities and like the themes of the plays were were pretty heavy and, and poignant. Um, but yeah, the experience of being in that production was really smooth. Um, yeah. It would have like ruined anybody else for any other production, because, yeah, you know, hey, there's-
1: Hey, and anytime I can still, this long after it, remember lines from the play <laughs> and adapt them to my life about the <laughs> corn, you know, the corn, the eating of the corn. Man, I still, I still, <laughs> I still oh remember God. that line. You know what I'm saying? Still know it. Wow, cool. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, but uh you know, I like I like I told you on on Facebook, um you know, I I've been sort of I've been a fan of yours since then and uh loved watching you grab onto comedy and improv and um you know, sort of find find your voice in in other ways and I, I love when you share, you know, little bits of of your acting past on on Facebook as well. Yeah. Um
2: Hey, your comedy really, great really man fun. yeah it's been yeah. so great uh it's been so great because yeah we haven't really had a chance to have a like a real conversation since since that show and it's been so cool just connecting and 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 being a part of this and yeah i i, I really appreciate the invitation to come and talk yeah no but i
0: i really appreciate you uh accepting the invitation and, and coming on this is a great time i had a lot of fun uh and i i can't thank you enough
2: thank you thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. So if you, uh, if you want right now, um, go ahead and tell all the people, all of your social, like how they can find you on social media or even with the held together.
2: Yeah. 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 So I I teach with uh, held together. Uh, We are on all the, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, at held together. So it's uh, held the number two together. Um, And uh, yeah, we have online classes right now. We've adapted um, our, our improv classes uh, via Zoom. And we've really found that it works in a way that um, really illuminates certain aspects of improv, which is really awesome. Um, and we have a show on our YouTube page called Held Apart, which we produced during the uh, during the pandemic, um, all from our own houses. Um, that's on our YouTube page. Um, and yeah, you can follow me, I guess, on Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, what is my handle? Uh, <laughs> I never advertise myself. Um, it's, it's not it's, Joey, is it? it's not joey it's uh what is it it's, it's uh, uh it's uh ricardo 1980 but ricardo with a y because that one time i thought that'd be cool and then it didn't <laughs> now i'm stuck with it uh so it's like r y c a r d o 1980 the numbers um at or you know not at <laughs> i don't do social media i don't yeah there we go <laughs> yeah follow me <laughs> <laughs> really it's it's the U- youtube page for
0: held together yes <clears throat> all the improv uh there's also uh stand-up clips and stuff on there too yes. well
1: yeah yeah
0: um very very funny stuff i've i've watched uh, quite a few of the open mics and stuff that you guys have put together and oh, awesome. it's it's great stuff um yeah thanks for coming on i re- really appreciate it had a lot of fun
2: yeah, thank you for having me
1: yeah we definitely liked it open invitation to come back
0: yeah and cool. anytime bring a friend yeah. but yeah, yeah s- I'd love seriously. To come back.
2: that'd be,
1: that'd be a lot of fun
0: Open invitation and anytime anytime you want to come back. If you got something you know big you want to promote or or whatever, like yeah, just hit, hit me up and, and we'll we'll make it work.
1: So once again, we want to give a big thank you to Richard Martinez for coming on the show and doing a wonderful interview with us. Um, please go and check out their social media, their YouTube. Their name is Held Together, H-E-L-D Together.
0: As for us, obviously, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram at switch the envelope. You can find us on Twitter, at Switch Envelope. It's, it's hard to keep those straight, right?
1: I don't know. I'm more of an Instagram fan myself.
0: Uh, but fi- Yeah, find us on the social media. Follow, follow our accounts uh, and, uh, you know, chat with us anytime. We're, we're on social media a lot.
1: <clears throat> Tell um, your friends on Reddit to listen to us. Yeah. Go well, on I'm, to the Reddit I'm, favorite podcast site and say, this is the best podcast
0: ever. Yeah, we, we've started uh, posting more on on Reddit, trying to get out there, see see what if we can build enough of... Um, a little bit of a, what is, I don't know, what like karma, I think? To maybe yeah, Corey, even Corey, start, AMA, start our own Reddit right? thread? Yeah,
1: yeah. We're so. doing an AMA. I think we're doing an AMA next week, um, just about what it's like to be a podcaster. <laughs> and um, you can come on and see, like, you know, all about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, we'll let you know if that actually happens. But... Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, but what, what it really boils down to is the importance of you, the listener, you sitting there in your car, you're on a treadmill, maybe you are taking a walk around your neighborhood and you're listening to us because you're on like, five freeway. yeah, you, yeah, maybe you're stuck in traffic. We don't know, but we're, we're there, we're there with you and, um, we appreciate you so much, but we need your help. We need you to tell your friends, uh, but we'd, we'd really appreciate Just, you know, share the love um we think our show is great we hope you think the show is great tell a friend uh and then uh, encourage them to like and subscribe us wherever they listen to podcasts uh follow us on yeah follow us on social media rate and review us wherever you can but really we hope uh that you enjoy what we do um and you share it you know with your friends and family
1: awesome yes and switch the envelope nugget of the day ralph Macchio was 20 years old when he did the outsiders do you believe that? The fuck? Twenty fucking years old when he did The Outsiders, and is, Pony is... Boy—I don't remember his name—he was fourteen. Isn't that crazy? That is—that is pretty nuts. They're supposed to be best friends, and they were six years apart in real life. That's
0: that's like um, in uh, Love Actually, the age gap between um, Rick and Keira Knightley. I don't, I don't know what the fucking actor's name is. The guy from Walking Dead played Rick.
1: Andrew uh, Andrew Lincoln.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh the gap between them is more years than Kira Knightley and the young kid that plays Liam Neeson's son.
1: Yeah, but it's okay because it's Hollywood and it's a dude. I don't know. I'm just trying to Yeah, make Hol- the, Hollywood no idea. Old, old Guys, Young Girls
0: is totally acceptable in every Hollywood movie and not late like, at all.
1: Like in Friggin, what's the one with uh Sean Connery? Oh, R. A. P. Yeah. Um, Sean Connery and um uh, where they steal hours to make a bank heist in the millennium with uh, what's that? What's that one where they're in like Guadalampur or whatever. And he's with, with like uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. That one. Oh, what's, what's that called? Entrapment. Entra- is it entrapment? Or is that with George Clooney and J-Lo? I don't know. But I don't know. The gross thing is that she's with Sean Connery.
0: Catherine yeah, Zeta but Cap- Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones, twenty, she was like Catherine twenty-five. Catherine Zeta-Jones ends up marrying, you know, Michael Douglas, so it's not. I think she's already with Michael Douglas, but no, still, we'll yeah, she was so twenty-five so, in that movie. So she was twenty-five
1: in that movie, and he was like seventy-five.
0: Yeah, but she she is sort of life imitating art at that point, right? Right, because it's not so odd. Still Catherine Zeta-Jones to be with a it's much still older gross. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Before we go, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and dedicate this episode to the late, great Sean Connery. Don't mind all of his misogynistic, gross, me too stuff. Um, but his body of work, uh, his power, his impact on, on uh, pop culture as being James Bond and whatnot. Uh, I, I made a, a social media post. So go to uh, at Switch the Envelope on Instagram, and you can read um, sort of my tribute to, to Sean Connery, um, he his career was impactful to me um in many different ways and um you know i i think it's a shared experience um but yeah so you go check that out on our instagram page otherwise uh this this episode is dedicated to sean connery and that's it that's it that's our show thank you so much for listening thanks again to our guest richard martinez and uh until next time we'll see you later playing us off sorry what oh music is the music is (laughs) that and the music is playing us off there's the, yeah, it's like the oscars we're just getting played off we'll see you later switches see you later switches
1: the following has been a riff Love production